Hello and welcome to the Yarniacs podcast. This is episode number 151, which we're recording on (laughs) Friday the 13th, 2017. I'm Gail. And I'm Charlene. And before we get started, I just wanted to say that I've been thinking about all the people in the world who have been affected by natural disasters and other disasters and things recently, and I hope you're all finding solace and comfort in your knitting and the knitting community. Had to put that out there in the world. Well said, Gail. Thank so you. So what are you wearing, Shirley? <laughs> I am wearing my Pebble Beach shawl, which is patterned by Helen Stewart of the Curious Handmade Podcast. I knit mine back in 2014. That's a long You can believe time that ago. three three summers. Well, wow. it, I knit mine the first actually almost Three years ago, exactly, because it's, oh my gosh, it says I completed it on October 13th, 2014. (laughs) There's a glitch in the matrix. (laughs) Wow. That's pretty cool. That's pretty bizarre, because I just reached for this. Totally coincidental, not planned at all. Not planned, no. Wow. so pretty. That's interesting. (laughs) So, I knit mine in a yarn from Dream and Color called Jilly, which is a 100% merino fingering weight single ply, which, as I recall, I quite liked. It's the only time I've ever used the yarn because I don't see it. I don't see it either. I wonder if they don't make it anymore. Yeah, that I'm not sure about. But yeah, I just don't see it a lot. And it could just be that there aren't a lot of stockists where we shop. It's but, true, because I don't see Dream and Color yarn no. that much anymore, period. And yeah. I know they still make it. Yeah. So. <laughs> but the yarn is quite nice. The one thing that I do remember about the yarn is that it there were other yarns in this series, and they had really weird I names. Do you remember that? Yes. Weird color names. Sulk not yarn names. Like, not drool on your pillow, but it was almost that. I, it was. <laughs> yeah. I want to say spit on your pillow, something but like that, yeah. it was something like that. It, they had some really bizarre names. Those, yeah. I think, were pre-production, because when we, went to look, when we went to look them up later, I remember that the names were all better yarn names so I think that oh really yeah they did oh, not keep those names. see I thought they did keep them so interesting I hope not because that's not such a nice thing to be remembered <laughs> for <laughs> not at all but the shawl pattern itself is really lovely it's got a lot of yarn overs so there's a lot of intentional lace holes in it and it's got picos on the edge Lace holes, also known as eyelets. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Lacy pattern. So that is Pebble Beach Shawl by Helen Stewart. And Gail, what are you wearing? Before I tell you, there were two (laughs) funny things that I had to say, otherwise I'll forget. So I knit my friend Melissa a hat with my skein of Jilly. And weird coincidences. I only remember because she sent me a picture this morning it's finally cold enough in Santa Cruz that she was wearing the hat that I knit in the jilly this morning and a cowl that I made for her. So how weird is that? She was wearing the dream and color hat. She oh was my wearing gosh. it. I'll show you the picture. How weird is that? That is very, very odd. <laughs> and I was listening to Helen Stewart's most recent episode before I left the house. And as I was listening to her, 
her newsletter popped up in my email inbox. It was like, whoa, I'm hearing her, and now I'm seeing her, <laughs> seeing her newsletter. And then she mentioned us. It was like, whoa, this is like, <laughs> this wow. like three-dimensional kind of podcast listening. It was pretty cool. So I am wearing my Markley by Elizabeth Doherty, and I could not be happier with how this sweater turned out. So as you know, I finished it for the Colors of Fall Knit Along, and it represents the Tawny Port colorway. And it had been so warm here that I blocked it and put it in my closet and put it in my closet such that it wouldn't get wrinkled. You, know, you lay it down very carefully in anticipation mm -hmm. of pictures when it's not 90 degrees out. Yes. So today I got one of the new dresses that I bought for my fall look that I thought would look good with this style of sweater and put on the sweater and was just in love with the whole look. It was such a like a magical knitting moment where you think, it oh my gosh, great. it looks exactly like I wanted it to. So happy with the sweater. The color the style, the way it looks with this dress. And Charlene had given me a pair of Dansko clogs many years ago that she wasn't wearing that are almost the same exact color as the sweater. And a necklace that I bought in China has a little Chinese portion on it. That's the same color as the sweater. It's got the red thread. Yeah, the red thread. The color red is significant in Chinese culture. Yes, and it so looks... it matches. It's, yeah. almost, it's one of the shades in the sweater. So this whole fall look just came together like looks never come together like this for me, I don't think. You so, look put together, I girl. I do, don't I? It's amazing. <laughs> it's like I planned the whole thing. So super happy with the sweater. It is a top-down sweater construction with dropped shoulders and somewhat tight-fitting sleeves, and not tight-fitting, I should say, close-fitting. So they're not big, slim roomy sleeves. Slim fit. There yeah. we go. And I knit them especially long so I can pull them over my hands, which I really like. And just everything about the sweater, I'm super it's happy good with. good fit. Thank you. That's super happy. I notice about it immediately. It's a good fit. And it's positive ease fit, so mm -hmm. it's not a fitted sweater per se, but the... But it's very attractive. Yeah, everyone I've seen it on just looks so good. So super happy with the sweater, and I hope that all the other people out there who knit one for the colors of fall love theirs as much as I do. So can't wait to wear this even more. And I'm going out with girlfriends tonight, so I'm going to show it off to my Yay. running friends tonight. <laughs> so I'm super excited about that too. Yay. So that's the Markley sweater. Oh, and this was Crimson Night Colorway by Heather of Western Sky Knits. And when Mike came in the house, I said, what do you think of my new sweater? And he said, oh, that looks really good. And I love that color. So my colorblind husband can see this color really well. So we're already talking about maybe knitting something for him in this color. I don't know what it would be, but the ideas are already flowing. Yeah. So there we go. What are you stocking? Stocking a couple of things. First one is a cowl, and it is a free Ravelry download. It is called Spring to It Cow by Kristen Finlay. Oh, how Showing cute. Gail the photo. Oh, that's and really pretty. She, Kristen Finlay is a yarn dyer from Australia. She, let's see, it's a yarn called Skein. Skein yarn, very yeah. famous yarn. So it's a pattern. 
from Australia. <laughs> and it calls for two skeins of sock yarn. But I think it's one of those types of the patterns that you can make it work with scraps or bits and bobs, whatever you have on hand. If you have partial skeins, you could make it with more colors. There's a striped section and a lace section, then a striped section, then a lace, lace section, and then another striped section. And so obviously the two colors are striped, but and then the lace sections are one in each color. So you could make it work with whatever you have on hand, I think. Yeah. Yeah. That's super cute. And it's it looks like an easy lace repeat. And it's, did I mention that it's a free pattern? Free pattern. And you can also make it taller if you want it taller. And it looks like it's a fairly simple lace pattern. So however many stitches are used in that repeat, you could make it wider around if you want as well. So always good. Looks like something that would be easy to work with. And again, that is the Spring To It Cowl by Kristen Finlay. Second thing, I am stocking, interesting, interestingly enough, this one is also a free Ravelry download and the sample is knit in the same colors as the sample Ooh. in the first cowl I was talking about. It's kind of a yellow and a natural. <laughs> so two yellow and natural samples in a row must be a popular color for the fall. And I don't think that is in the fall colors. <laughs> I don't think so either. But I'm seeing this combo a lot, and I quite like it. So this one is called the Op Art Shawl. And it's by Sonia Barjelowska. And like I said, it's another free pattern on Ravelry. It's actually, they call it a wrap. So even though they say wrap, you think rectangular, it actually is triangular. It's just a really oh. elongated triangle with two elongated sides of the triangle and one short side yeah, asymmetric. of the triangle. Yeah, kind of asymmetric. But the way that the sample is worn, they wear the point coming down on one shoulder and then the large side coming down on the other shoulder. Or they wrap it. There's lots of ways to wrap this one. And it's done in alternating colors, uses a feather and fan lace pattern, which Gail and I both mm -hmm. really like feather and fan. And the suggested yarn is a sport weight yarn, but I would make it in fingering because that's what I have in stash. <laughs> and I think it's a really cute little free pattern. And I both of those patterns, I recommend checking it out because I, they're also, they're just patterns I think you can do a lot with and make it work with whatever yarn you happen to have on hand. And that was the Op Art Shawl by Sonia Barjelowska. The third thing I am stocking is a pullover sweater called Painting by Katrine Schneider. And the reason I noticed this one is because I just finished that hoodie mm -hmm. by Katrine Schneider. And this pullover it's pretty basic, but she has it done in a speckled yarn. I saw it. It's so, so cute. It's really cute. It draws my eye because of the speckled yarns. I also think you could probably do this fading it from one speckled to another. It's 
In her description, she describes it as an everyday pullover sweater with the fit of a favorite sweatshirt. Can't go wrong Can't with go that. Can't go wrong with that. <laughs> so I, yeah, I think it's just one of those ones. You could make it work with three or four different skeins. You could make it work with the same color. There's a lot you can do with it. For me, the pattern might be a little too similar to confetti because it's just a base, very basic pullover. But if you don't care for that extreme A-line shaping of confetti, I think this is another one to take a look at because it's basic and the fit of a favorite sweatshirt. <laughs> <laughs> and then the fourth, oh, that was painting by Katrine Schneider. And then the fourth thing that I am stocking is something that I fell in love with the minute that I saw it. It's a cowl from Isabel Kramer called Beloved Berlin. And this one is a pattern for sale on Ravelry. And I purchased it right away when it came out. And it uses three colors of fingering weight. The recommended yarn or the pad or the yarn that she used in the pattern, I believe, is Tosh Merino Light. And then she also recommends another fingering weight yarn that's a single. And I think the reason she probably recommends a single is because the cowl is made with two layers of fabric. So when I say a single, that's a yarn that's made out of a single ply. So it's a, a single ply that's just been twisted, hasn't been twisted with another ply. And two layers of the fabric well there's one one layer that's lace and then you switch to two other colors of yarn and you do stripes and the stripes end up on they're folded down so i guess you could call it the, they would go down on the inside of the cowl and then I can't remember if they're stitched together or if you do a three-needle bind-off. You might do a three-needle three bind-off. So there's two layers of fabric, but it's actually completely reversible. So you can wear the lace side on the outside or the striped section on the outside. And at the very top of the lace, you can use one of your colors to peek out of the top of the lace so you can have a little pop color up there too. This one is made in three different colors and very cute. It is very cute. <laughs> very cute. And I bought the pattern right away, started going through my stash, caused me to need to reorganize <laughs> and rearrange a bunch of the stash, has led me down that rabbit hole. I started dividing my stash into better and bigger Ziploc bags. So needless to say, instead of actually picking the yarn for this project, I have not picked the yarn for this project, but all of my fingering weight single ply is now in a Ziploc bag together at least. And highly, <laughs> very well organized, right? I think... I haven't gone through my entire yarn. I haven't gone through every yarn drawer yet. So I have a dresser that I use for my yarn. And I've gone through one of the big drawers 
and I have a second big drawer to go through. But I do believe that most of the yarn in the second drawer is not fingering and is already in Ravelry. So I think I'm close. <laughs> so the ideal situation here is that you have these big Ziploc bags that are see-through. So yes. now you can hold up that bag that's maybe all yes. single-ply fingering exactly. and just look and see, oh, what's going to go together? You don't exactly. even have to open drawers yeah. to access. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Well, the Ziplocs are in the drawers, so I will have to open drawers. Okay, but, but you don't have to pull it all out of the drawer. Exactly. Yeah, that's that is really cool. Hope. That is the hope. Brilliant idea. So it's one of those things that just got started because I needed to pick yarn, and here it is. That's mm. how it usually starts, right? A week right? later, and I haven't picked yarn. Yeah, you have one <laughs> one little catalyst event that leads to like a closet organization activity yeah, or yeah, something exactly, like that. Exactly, exactly. So again, that is Beloved of Berlin by Isabel Kramer. What are you stocking, Gail? I have four things I'm stocking, too. Mm -hmm. The first one, you guys could have predicted that I was going to be stocking this as soon as it came out. The Comfort Fade Cardi yes. by Andrea Mowry. I've been anxiously awaiting this since she mentioned when we interviewed her that she was working on the faded cardigan. And then Charlene showed me the teaser picture on Instagram while we were away this weekend and I've just been waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting for it to be released. So when it was released this week, I bought it immediately and I swatched for it already and I brought my swatch to the Swift Stitch and got the expert opinions of my color coordination consultants, Charlene <laughs> and Carol, and am really happy with my fade. I have five different colors that are going to be faded. And the sweater itself is in DK weight. It's a top-down raglan-shaped sweater. And then you go back and pick up stitches and do this really beautiful shawl collar. Mm -hmm. And the way Andrea knit it, she did it pearl side out. And the shawl collar is in garter stitch. I'm going to do it knit side out and garter stitch shawl collar because I prefer that look. So she did it with four colors of DK weight yarn. I'm doing it with five colors of fingering weight yarn. So there has to be some math done to figure out what size I should knit of the sweater. Yeah. So that is going to be an activity this weekend with the help of my husband and my son because they like math and I don't. So they can help me figure out what size to knit. But I'm really excited. It's so cute. It is an open front cardigan sweater, so it doesn't close which I usually am not in love with, but I've been wearing most of my cardigans without closing them lately. And I wore my Ecuador the other day, which is an open front cardigan, and was thinking all day, wow, I'm surprised it's not bugging me that this isn't closed. But Ecuador also has really big fronts. It's very drapey, so you can mm -hmm. pull it closed yeah. and it kind of stays there. But I'm really excited. I'll probably have this cast on within the next week or so. And that again is the Comfort Fade Cardi by Andrea Mowry. Really pretty sweater. The next thing, I have an Andrea Mowry crush going on right now. <laughs> you do. I do. Because but they're beautiful patterns. Exactly. <laughs> this one, I actually went back through my show notes to make sure I hadn't talked about it on stocking <laughs> before. I've that before too. Because I've stocked it, just not talked about it. It's okay. the Birds of a Feather Shawl. Also by Andrea Mowry. Oh. And it first came out in 
I think it was the Lane magazine, and I know I'm mispronouncing that, but it is a long asymmetrical shawl that alternates two different yarns, one of which is a single ply fingering weight and one of which is a lace weight. So she has these really pretty sections that are garter and then lace, and they also alternate the weight of yarn. So it gives certain oh. parts of the shawl a very sheer ethereal look. And the lace weight she used, I think has mohair in it. So it has a slight halo to it, I think, if I'm remembering correctly. And I have a perfect combination in my, oh, I can't believe I meant to bring it today to get Charlene's opinion, but I have what I think is a perfect combination to knit that shawl. And I bought the shawl when it first came out in the magazine, you could only get it in the magazine. Then it was re-released not too long ago as a single purchase pattern on Ravelry. And I bought it when she released it that way. So I already have the yarn in a bag with the pattern and needles ready to go. So that would have been cast on this week. I was actually thinking about just starting it and then the comfort mm -hmm. cardi came out. So, oh, <laughs> wait, 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 too many things. So that's Birds of a Feather Shawl by Andrea Mowry. And again, two colors, two different weights of yarn for that one. Very interesting because that's not something you see very often. Yeah. The third thing I'm stocking is also, well, it's not a shawl. It's actually a cowl, but it looks like a shawl. It's one of the combination cowl shawls. Mm -hmm. It's called All Points South by Casapinka. And it's really cute. It reminds me of the Vigeant, but it's not as long as that. So kind of similar, you know, the triangle part of it hangs mm -hmm. down on one side. The rest is cowl-like. And this one is in three colors, and it has a lot of different textures to it. So I just fell in love with it as soon as I saw it, which was a couple weeks ago. Oh, speaking of which, that was a, my friend Julie, Jay Chant, gifted me that pattern for my birthday. Thank you very much, Julie. And thank all of you who gave me birthday wishes on my birthday. I had not been on Ravelry on my birthday, and when I went on Ravelry the next day and saw you guys had started a thread for my birthday in our Ravelry group, I was so excited. I ran out and told Mike and the kids, oh my gosh, you won't believe this. It was the sweetest thing, so thank you very, very much. That's a cute shawl, too. Isn't that a cute shawl? Mm -hmm. Cowl. So it's oh, not it's a shawl. A it even I think she says oh, in... They, she classifies it as a poncho. I thought in the it's description, in the okay, then she said something in the description about this is not a shawl, I think, if I'm remembering. She calls it a pullover shawl. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, you, you have to pick a category. That's the thing. I guess. Even though it, it, it quite possibly spans categories, but you do have to pick one for Ravelry. That makes sense. And it kind of does fit. For me, it fits into the poncho category quite nicely because I'm comparing it to Viajant, which is just a very, very long poncho, right? So yeah. to and me, this it's one, very similar. She says, it's all point south is a pullover shawl, not a poncho. But That's then what she said. later on, it said, oh, then she has a link to a poncho, which I won't go down that rabbit hole right now, but... <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> so I knew there was something. She said, this is not a something. Yeah. So I think yeah. it looks like a poncho, though. It does. So I don't know why she was didn't want to use that word. But anyways, All Point South by Casapinka. And thank you for all the birthday wishes. And the fourth thing I'm stocking is another shawl. And this is by Jen Sheelin. It is the Enchanted Forest Pool Shawl. And it's another three-color fingering weight shawl that has stripes with different textures. So there is lace work. There, I think it's garter stitch. Just different textures in different colors. And some of the lace, she thinks it looks like frogs. And Jen, I don't see the frogs, but I'm trying. I'm trying really hard (laughs) to see the frogs. So give me a chance. Maybe I'll see them. But it's a really pretty shawl that, again, is the Enchanted Forest Pool Shawl by Jen Sheelan. So you and I both were stocking quite a bit this week. Yeah, we were. Back in the mood. (laughs) Yes. So what have you been knitting? I've been knitting a couple of things. First is My Little Black Shawl by Laura Ayler. I'm knitting that one in hand spun, and it's going really well. It's a pattern for any amount of yarn you can knit knit until you're almost out of yarn and save enough for binding off and then bind off because you start at the very bottom point and you increase and increase and you go up to the top and then you bind off for a straight edge on the top. Mine is knit in a Malabrigo Nube in the Plomo colorway. So there's lots of gray. I'm calling mine my little gray shawl. It's a dark gray, so it actually is almost black. And I'm having a lot of fun knitting with my hand spun. Oh, good. Really, really fun. In fact, I put that one down purposefully and knit on something else for a while because I felt like, oh, I'm going to finish this too fast. (laughs) (laughs) And it's so enjoyable. But I really look forward to wearing that one. So that will probably be finished relatively soon. I look forward to seeing that one. Yeah, I'm excited. And then the second one is my Ginga Top by Yoko Johnston. And I was knitting that one pretty much monogamously. monogamously. (laughs) But then I stopped for some reason. And I think I stopped because I, I knit all the way down the body. And I'm about to start. There's a lace edging on the back and front. But you split it at that point to give the back a round hem. Oh. And I just I just stalled out there. Well, I'm surprised. At some point. And I'm so close because there are sleeves that I need to go back and finish. But the sleeves are short sleeves. And there won't be that much knitting. But I think it's, it's probably partially because the weather has turned a little cooler. So here I thought that you would be done with that today. I was fully expecting you to be done. I thought that I would be too because I was close to finishing my skein of yarn. And then Gail came to my rescue with an extra because we both have a lot of the coast yarn. (laughs) And so we've, on multiple projects, we've helped each other out. Yes, we have. (laughs) And I say helped each other out because it's more like here. These are extra. Please take them. <laughs> I thought I'd use it all in that sweater, and I have a whole, you know, three quarters of a skein left. Have it, please. Take it. Yeah, the the little balls of that yarn. It's it's a light fingering 
yarn. And so they come tightly wound in these little balls of 345 yards, something like yeah. that. But they're very small for 345 yards. And it just feels like you knit and knit forever. And then I think every project that I've ever knit with that yarn, I've used less than I thought I would. Same so here. consequently, I have lots of little bits. They're the everlasting gobstopper they are. of yarn. They really are. Yep. It's crazy. So I do need to finish that one, get it off the needles. I don't want to have that one lingering over well, the winter. Even and it's if still I warm enough it. to wear it Sometimes, in the afternoon. Yeah, in the afternoon. Definitely. And it would be cute over a long sleeve top, too. That's true. It would be. So I should get to it. <laughs> so those are the two things I'm knitting. How about you? I am knitting right now my annulaire sweater by Hilary Smith Callis, and I completely restarted this sweater. I had been knitting it on a trip out of town, and my gauge was just way too tight. And instead of ripping it when I knew I should, I waited until I was with a bunch of knitting friends to get <laughs> their opinion, and Anne double-checked my gauge. It was supposed to be 24 stitches over four inches, and I was at 28 stitches. So mm. I ripped it and I have restarted it. And I am almost to the point where you, it's, let me go back, top down raglan shaping with a V neck with pretty lace right up the bottom of the V neck. And then a pleat starts, and there's some A line shaping. I'm almost to where you join in the round and start the lace work under the bust and separate for sleeves. So I've been knitting this pretty much monogamously the last mm, four or five days and just enjoying it very much. It's the yarn I'm using is Tosh Merino Light in the Venetian colorway, which is a very rich burgundy. And I'm holding it up to the Markley that I'm wearing. And it's funny because they're both very jewel toned colors mm -hmm. that they they're not close in color. One is red and one is burgundy, but they're similar to me for some reason. Oh, they're both in that red family. Yeah. <laughs> deep, dark, jewel tone. Yeah. Beautifulness. So I'm really enjoying it. Looking forward to wearing it a lot. And it will work for the two knitlet chicks sweater knit along Yay. that is happening, <laughs> I think, through the end of January. And the Comfort Fade cardigan will work for the Cardi Party in the Double Knit podcast that they have going, I think, to the end of November. So I better get busy on that one because <laughs> that'll be here before we know it. So that's the Annulaire Pullover by Hilary Smith Callis. And I'm also knitting on my Yoga Shawl by Andrea Mowry. I cast that on several weeks ago, and it is... In the stage, there is some chevron shaping on both ends, and then in the middle, you have a lot of stockinette back and forth. So I'm on that part of the shawl, and that's just going to take a long time. So it's my travel knitting that you don't have to think about as yeah. you do it. And I'm knitting that one in another single-ply fingering. That one is from Neighborhood Fiber Company. It's their rustic fingering in the Thomas Circle colorway which is a dark tonal gray that is beautiful. So those are the two projects on my needles, both with single ply fingering, which is somewhat unusual, but enjoying them both a lot. This episode is brought to us by Infinite Twist. Have you been thinking about buying an Infinite Twist kit, but waiting for the right time? 
Well, the time is now because Infinite Twist will be going on hiatus starting in December. A handful of Bitfrost and Love Still Wins kits are currently in stock, as well as some one-of-a-kind beauties. Check out the available kits at infinitetwist.com, and we look forward to serving you again in fall of 2018. Thank you, Kate. Okay, so I have a funny story. I already told Charlene this story. <laughs> I had to go to Oracle Open World in San Francisco last week, and part of that is taking the train to San Francisco because they shut down a very big block of San Francisco and they ruin all the parking and all the driving. Mm -hmm. And there was no way I was going near that in my car. So I drive to the train station, take the train, etc. And I have a hat project that I'm knitting and I have my little project bag on my wrist and I'm thinking, oh, I've got it together. As you do. You know, when you're doing public transportation, I'm feeling all put together. I'm like, ooh, I'm like a commuting knitter. This is really cool. (laughs) And I had the hat on the needles in my hands as I was boarding the train. And Charlene's already laughing at me. I go up the stairs to the top of the train, but there aren't any seats. So well, I tra- we have to describe that Caltrain has two levels of seating. Mm-hmm. So there's an upstairs and a downstairs. So, so that's I, what she means. Yeah. So I went up the stairs and they are single seats. They aren't double seats. So they were all full. So I turn around to go downstairs to find a seat. And I'm walking down the aisle and I go to sit in my seat and I'm like, oh, what's this all over my legs? I had managed to (laughs) I had managed to drop my yarn at the top, the top level. And walked downstairs. My yarn stayed upstairs. I was unraveling it the whole way down the stairs to my my seat. So when I sat down, I spun around apparently and tangled my legs in my yarn. (laughs) And nobody said anything. I don't think anyone even noticed. They're all so glued to their devices. But I was. It's just one of those moments when you think, oh my gosh, what did I just do? I was laughing so hard. It's, it's the Yarniac version myself. of having it together. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm not capable of having it together, but I hope that you all out there who are commuting knitters are laughing at me right now because, oh, I thought, I really thought, I was like, oh, look at me go. <laughs> go back and grab my yarn off the top and wind it all back up oh my gosh it was ridiculous (laughs) that's my yarn on the train story you've seen girl on the train well it's yarn on the train that's a good one (laughs) okay so what have you finished i have finished one thing that you guys didn't even know i was working on because i finished it so quickly i started it maybe just was it less than a week ago? Yeah, it's last Thursday night. I think I did. I started it right before. Yeah, I did. I started it right before we left for a day Lamb away. Town. Gail and I went to Lambtown, which is a small fiber festival in the tiny town of Dixon, California. Dixon is between Davis and Vacaville. Yeah, not too far away from Sacramento. Yeah, if if you know California at yeah. all. We were going for one night, so I cast on a very easy project called the Sock, Sock Head Cowl, which is a pattern by Kelly McClure, 
who is also the designer of the ubiquitous sock head hat. As you can imagine, the sock head cowl is meant for a single skein of fingering weight that you just knit in the round, keep going until you are out of yarn, basically. Or bored. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did not make mine quite that long because I made mine out of scraps. I used three skeins of leftovers and I blended them into each other. You bladed and them. I bladed them. I did. Which is a blade. If you haven't listened to a previous episode, blade is a blend. combination of blend and fade. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I bladed yeah. them. <laughs> that Charlene made up that word on the spot. It was, it was an accident. Yep. I love it though. <laughs> but it's a great project to work on while you're sitting and knitting because basically it's just knit, knit, knit in the round. I highly, highly recommend this as a travel project. No pattern needed. And if you're making it in scraps, you don't have to worry about weighing your skein to know exactly because the in the pattern, she recommends doing your ribbing and weighing it and seeing how much you used for that ribbing and then knit and knit for a while until you end up with just enough to finish the ribbing so that you can use the full skein. So if you use scraps, you don't even have to do that. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> so it worked out really good. And I finished that most oh almost over the weekend. I knit the whole I knit almost the whole cowl over the weekend. I had started it before I left so I wouldn't have to worry about the cast on. So I started it knit an inch or so before we left and then I had that on the needles knit 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 over the weekend and then I bound off a couple nights ago sweet so that one is done yay the other thing I have finished is I have finished spinning one skein of the Malabrigo Nube in the Lavanda color I bought four braids of this Lavanda colorway of the Nube. It is a purple, purple into gray. And as you can imagine, it twists up when plied very nicely. Lots of shades of purple in there. Lots so of shades pretty. of gray in there. Totally very, very me. Charlene. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like they, they should have named that yarn color Charlene. <laughs> It's totally me. All these colors of purple and gray are pleasing to my eye. I spun it fairly thin and three-plied it. And I have, in my first skein, 345 yards. And I didn't use, this isn't the full braid. So with four braids, I'm definitely going to have enough for a sweater project. Yay! Definitely will have enough for a sweater project. So that's exciting. I haven't knit a sweater project in my hand spun yet. It's that's all been exciting. smaller projects. And let's see. That's about it. That's what I finished. How about you? Sorry, I'm sniffling. I was laughing okay. so hard that now I'm <laughs> sniffling. So if those of you are hearing that in the background, okay. I apologize. You already told us about Markley. But anything else? Yes, I, I have finished several things. So I also finished another very large project, which was the Pearl Break Shawl. Oh, that's right. Patterned by Stephen West. Oh, I love it so much. I'm so happy with it. 
I did not count the number of stitches that were on the needle when I was binding off because there were probably 7,000. Was it daunting? <laughs> it <was> so <laughs> huge. I used almost three full skeins of yarn. Wow. I think all combined it might have been around almost 1,200 yards. So very massive shawl. I It's basically a blanket. It's enormous. So really love it, though. I did Madeline Tosh sock in the onyx colorway, which is black. Striped that with candy skein luscious fingering in her new Astoria Fog Latte colorway, mm. which is beautiful gray with gray and black speckles. And then on the border, I used Uncommon Thread Everyday Sock in Confetti, which is almost the same color gray as the candy skein. And it has very, very faint speckles of perfect confetti, you know, pink, purple, mm. beautiful yeah. colors. And they're really, really faint. So unless you're right up on it, you don't even see them. So it's just a perfect neutral shawl I can wear with everything I own. And nice. I think going out tonight, I hope to be wearing that over my Markley. But I had everything out to block. I was very successful yesterday in blocking many things. And they didn't get all the way dry before the sun started to go down. So mm -hmm. I brought them all inside with the intention of putting them back out early today, but my husband's outside doing woodworking. So there's sawdust flying around everywhere. So my hand knits are still inside waiting <laughs> to be fully dried. So don't know if that shawl will be dry in time for tonight, but it's a really fun, simple knit, really enjoyed it. And it's quite a striking piece in the end too. Mm -hmm. I've is all super wash. Yes, it is super wash. I did hand wash it though. I hand wash almost everything I do. Yeah, I hand wash too. I know. I'm just wondering if you could toss it in the dryer. Oh, I'm sure I could. That would not have occurred to me. <laughs> Good point. I could absolutely throw that in the dryer. Yeah. yeah. All of those are super wash yarns. Good point. I also finished four hats. So all charity Ooh, wow. hats. Last time we recorded, I was knitting on a sleep season slouch by Rose Bloom. Free pattern on Ravelry. And... I finished two of those. I was knitting on the second one, and that was the yarn that saw a lot of train when I was going to San Francisco. And that the second one, I was using a color-changing yarn, and I had, you know how you end up with just enough of a ball left that you can't knit a whole yes. half. So I went in search of stash, and I found more candy skein, Juicy Sport, that I had left over from another project. I think it's her Mulberry colorway a very pretty purple that went perfectly oh, yeah. with one of the colors in the yarn. So the second hat is the mulberry candy skein and then the color changing on top of that. And it looked really cute. So I knit two of those sleep, see, say this five times fast, sleep season slouch hats. <laughs> and then I knit two more hats and the pattern name is the big hat by Davina Choi. And that's another free pattern on Ravelry. At our knockers retreat, I picked up two skeins of hometown USA lion brand yarn from the D stash table, which is extra bulky yarn, 81 yards to a skein. And the big hat used almost all of the skein and it's massive. And I think I knitted up in about two and a half hours, a whole hat. So I did two of those on size 15 needles. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it, my hands actually were kind of irritated. That's like tree trunks to me. Exactly, <laughs> seriously. The yarn was so thick, the needles were so thick. The yarn was really nice. It, I think it's all acrylic or mostly acrylic, and I really liked it. It was very soft. Huh. Uh, didn't really enjoy knitting 
with such big needles was the only problem, but whipped up two really nice hats for the homeless project that I'm doing. You know, like we give out tarps and hats. So it was really nice to whip up two hats really quickly and move that out of my stash. I have a charity hat stash bag out in the garage that has all of my charity yarn hats for hats. Mm -hmm. And those were two giant skeins in that bag that are now hats. So that was pretty cool. And again, the big hat by Davina Choi, free pattern on Ravelry. And we wanted to talk about yarn labels, didn't we? We do. Now, before we get into it, one of the key pieces of information on a yarn label is the dye lot. And one of my friends when we were in Tahoe, she's from Australia, and she said that she remembers growing up, her grandmother and mother did a lot of knitting. They owned a yarn store, and they used to sit there on the weekend mornings and listen to a radio show that was broadcast all over Australia where women would ask for D-stash yarn, basically. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm knitting with this yarn in this you know, and this they brand, more? This, and they needed more. And oh, they'd say, wow. this is the dye lot. And somehow, I don't know if they gave out their phone number or how it worked, but somehow they could get in touch with each other to get yarn from each other. How cool is that? A That's country. Amazing. A country <laughs> had a radio show to find out how to get yarn from each other. I thought that was the coolest story ever. That's wild. And it kind of tied into yarn labels a little yeah. bit. Charlene and I are going to turn this subject into a mini-series, kind of, on the podcast, talking about yarn labels, and then next episode, we're going to spend some time talking about how to substitute yarns for a project. So a lot of yarn label information helps in making that decision. Yeah, in order to substitute or choose a yarn, even if you're using the recommended yarn, yarn labels tell you everything you want to know yeah. <laughs> or should that's that's the other yeah, thing yeah they should they should. should tell you they everything. don't always tell you everything you want to know but in an ideal world yeah okay. in an ideal world exactly so yarn labels generally always have the contact info which is the yarn company the yarn name all should have that and the yarn company is not interchangeable with the yarn name. Most yarn companies have several lines of yarn and even the largest yarn companies will have several lines of yarn that are the same weight. So if you are calling a yarn store and you have less than complete information, the yarn store may not be able to pin down <laughs> what yarn you're looking for. Ask me how Are I know. Are you speaking from experience? <laughs> Ask me how I know. If somebody calls and says, well, I'm looking for Cascade yarn, my first question is going to be, which base or which yarn? Well, it's fingering. Well, I need to know a little bit more about it because Cascade Yarn is one of the large yarn companies that has more than one fingering base. So, keep your labels. It's kind of like cars and models. You have a yeah make and model. So, Toyota, so. Camry, for yeah. example. But then if Camry came in multiple different flavors. So, mm-hmm. you have 
you know, the sedan, the yeah. coupe, whatever. So it's it's very true because yeah. you could compare that to Cascade two twenty, but then now they have the two twenty sport yep. and the two twenty Aaron and even though neither of those skeins are actually two hundred and twenty yards. Right, which is very misleading. <laughs> it's very confusing. But they're using Cascade two twenty as a brand, I guess now. So but that's neither here nor there. The point is Keep your labels. You should know the yarn company name and the yarn line name. Agreed. (laughs) And it's always nice to keep your labels too because we had an instance just yesterday where someone pulled out a beautiful skein of yarn at the local yarn shop and all of us went, what is that yarn? And she didn't have her label so nobody knew. So, and she probably she said she probably did have the label, but it was probably separated from the skein and still at home. <laughs> what I usually do after I've wound, I keep the label on the yarn until mm-hmm. I actually wind it. Then I will roll the label up and stick it in the center of That's the yarn I ball. I usually do too. Yeah, that way it doesn't get separated as easily. Yeah, and that's also another case for entering your stash into your personal Ravelry database or personal informa- stash information page you because then you know. can find always it. Always reference it. Yeah. yeah, but I understand that's an extra step and not everybody is ready for that. But I'm finding it quite useful as I complete my stash <laughs> your stash My organization stash project. organization project yes so back to yarn labels yarn labels i like it when the yarn weight or the yarn label has the weight of the yarn and the length of the yarn not all yarn labels do have both i find that Frustrating. Frustrating. Yes. If they don't, so by weight, she means the actual physical weight, not yes. the category. Right. Not fingering right. Or, or worsted. Right. So the ounces or grams in that particular put up of yarn. So ideally, you'll have the ounces or grams weight and the number of yards per skein. Because then, if you've measured your yarn before you start your project and you don't use the whole skein, you can do the math and figure out approximately how many or yards you have yarn. left. Yeah, I'm sorry, Wade, you're young. So Madeline Tosh is one yarn maker that does not put the weight on the yarn ball, on the yarn label. I often don't remember to weigh it, but when I knit with Madeline Tosh and have a partial skein left over, I'm never quite sure how many yards that partial is going to be. So annoying. Very annoying. So annoying. I really would prefer to have both the actual weight in mass and the length. But it, like Gail mentioned, Malintosh is one of them that will call out for not putting the weight. But there are several yarn companies that only put one piece of information. So the next, well, when I say one piece of information, it's usually the length. It seems like everybody puts the length on, but not everybody puts the weight in mass on. So Weigh your skeins. Weigh your skeins. (laughs) There are lots of good reasons to weigh your skeins, but that's the primary reason is then you can do the math to figure out how much you have left Mm -hmm. in a partial skein. Yeah, that's really helpful. And you can figure out how much you've used in a project as well, which is also helpful 
for other people looking at your project page on Ravelry. It's helpful if you want to duplicate a project, yep. for example. Yep. And it's just always nice to know. I think it's nice to I know. agree. Yeah. And then what we were just talking about was yarn weight in mass. So that means in grams or ounces. But some yarns will also put the weight of the yarn. She's using meaning, double quotes yeah, or inverted commas there. The it's not quite the gauge. The, I always think of it as a category because it doesn't have any formal definition, really, does it? Well, so there's a chart published by the Craft Yarn Council, and they call it a yarn weight category, and they have defined all the weights from number zero up to number seven. So eight different weights, zero meaning lace, one super fine, all the way up to six, which is super bulky, and then seven is jumbo or roving. And that means, let's see, it's a six stitches or fewer to four inches. And some yarn companies, very few though, actually refer to this chart. And some patterns will use this chart, but very, very few. I know that Knitters Magazine from XRX used to put these symbols on their patterns. And I think at one time I remember seeing it on a yarn label, but Lion I can't. Brand Yarns. Oh, was it Lion yeah, Brand? since okay. I just used that. Oh, okay. Homespun USA. So these are the little pictures. They look like a skein of yarn yeah. with a label around the center in black and white. They're like a little logo almost mm -hmm. that you will see on yarn labels, usually big box store yarns. Yeah. Use this pretty yeah. consistently. And it is, I think, the American Craft Yarn Association. So The I, Craft Yarn Council. Okay. I don't yeah. know that it's beyond the U.S. Yeah. I don't know either. And even in the U.S., it's not widely used. Yeah. Indie dyers don't use it for no. sure. The Craft Yarn Council... I believe when they put this together, the hope was that the industry would unite and everybody could use this to define yarn weight in terms of how many stitches you get to four inches, but it hasn't really caught on. And that's <clears throat> over the years of knowing Charlene, I see the frustration that happens when people ask her <laughs> for a worsted weight yarn. Oh, I need something in a worsted. And she will always say, what is the gauge? How many stitches per inch are you supposed to be getting? Instead of just directing them to a specific part of the store. Because worsted... Sometimes you need more information yeah, exactly. to pick a yarn. I know I do. And I try to help people figure that out. But a lot of times people will just come in and using worsted as an example, people will just come in and say, where do I find the number fours? Really? Yeah. Who's number four? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, and then it's also frustrating because these little symbols that are numbered so nicely, that's Nani in the background saying hi to oh, everybody, yeah. <laughs> Nani the bird, they don't use the same terms that most knitters use. So it says lace, super fine, fine, light, medium, bulky, super bulky, and jumbo. That's true. Super fine means nothing to me. I would think that yeah. meant cobweb weight yeah. lace probably. So that 
for most of us who are using indie dyed yarns and things like that, it doesn't really correspond. So one of the things you see on most labels, most labels will be something like fingering or sock or sport, which can give you an idea of how many stitches per inch. But the good yarn labels will also include the number of stitches per inch on a mm -hmm. specific needle size or hook size. Yeah. So the good ones will do both. Yeah. And we should all know that that's just a starting guideline. place. Yeah. Because sometimes I'll get knitters coming into the store and say, where do I find the yarns to knit on a size US 8, for example, needle? So varied. Yeah. I can't really answer that question because it depends what you're knitting and how many stitches to the inch you're trying to get. And so, yeah. I to. so feel for those new people in a yarn store because I remember the first sweater I ever knit, I ended up using Malabrigo worsted. And my idea of going yarn shopping was walk into the yarn store and pick the pretty yarn. <laughs> I had no idea fiber content, weight, meters or yards per ounce or gram, none of that. I didn't know any of it. So as I've learned to knit over the years, I've learned more and more, obviously. And of the things I look for on a yarn label, in addition to everything we've mentioned, is also the fiber content. Mm -hmm. So as people become more experienced knitters, you know, then you learn the characteristics of that fiber content. And as you move on to try different fibers, you know, wool, alpaca, silk, all the different types of wool also, they all have different fiber characteristics. Yes. So as you learn more, for example, if I had picked out a blue alpaca yarn instead of merino wool, which I just happened to pick Malabrigo worsted, if I had picked alpaca, that sweater probably would have been a disaster because alpaca doesn't hold its shape it's extremely warm and there are a lot of different characteristics based on that particular fiber. So knowing what fiber and in what percentages is in your yarn is going to go a long way yeah. towards success when you pick what yarn to use for a project. So that's something when I pick up a yarn now, if I see a yarn and think, Oh, I really like that. One of the first things I look at now is the fiber content because mm -hmm. I know personally alpaca usually makes me itch. So I will, oh, it has alpaca. I put it back down. So that's one thing that I look for every time. Looks like you have examples there. Well, we had touched on the gauge information and I'm looking at a skein of Cascade 220 Sport here and like Gail mentioned, the good yarn labels will give you a range, like how many stitches to four inches. This one, for example, says 22 to 24 stitches to four inches. I like that. There's a range. Mm -hmm. It's not exact. For the needle size, it says US 5 to 6 or 3.75 to 4 millimeter needles. I like that. There's a range. You look at that and you instantly know that it's not an exact science. There's some difference in there. There's some wiggle room. It depends what needle size I'm knitting or depends what needle size I'm using. It makes you think 
that maybe the needle size is going to give you different fabrics and maybe this yarn will look different as different fabrics knit with different needle sizes as all yarn will and it may not knit each yarn may not knit exactly the way you think it will knit to different gauges for example or knit with different needle sizes a fingering weight yarn knit with a very large needle is going to yield a very different fabric from a fingering weight yarn knit with a very small needle for socks for example those two fabrics very different yeah so you have one for socks that's a very tight dense fabric and then if you knit it on bigger needles you're going to have something drapey perhaps for a shawl yes. so even though that's a dramatically different type of knitting and, and a yarn label typically won't say information like that but I still like it when there is a little range in there and the yarn label isn't saying that there, it's an exact science if you knit it with this size needle you're going to get this number of stitches to four inches because it's not you can sit down two knitters with the same needle size and you'll get two very different gauges. Exactly. <laughs> and that particular skein of yarn also says 100% Peruvian Highland wool, mm -hmm. which when I began knitting would have meant nothing to me. But now <laughs> I know that that means it's going to be a slightly more rustic yarn than, for example, your Merino Cashmere Nylon Blends. And this particular skein is non-superwash. So that's another thing that's very important information on a yarn mm -hmm. label when you're looking at fiber content because superwash means that you can treat it a little more vigorously than non-superwash because non-superwash, if you agitate it and or use soap and or use hot water, it will likely felt. So that's very important information to know. And when I first started knitting, I had no clue what superwash meant or I would never have looked for that on a label. Mm -hmm. So if I had knit something with this particular skein of yarn and then put it in the washing machine, it would have been doll sized <laughs> versus now I'm of course know that that means, Oh, that's going to be very delicately hand washed and I'm not going to squish it really hard in mm -hmm. hot soapy water. Well, and whether or not a wool is superwash is important but some yarn labels in terms of washing will also put the care instructions the care instructions and some will just put the international washing symbols and let's see this yarn that i have here this is a skein of Woolmise dk it says merino superwash and it says easy care and then there's a symbol for 30 degrees Celsius. And this is a German yarn. So yeah. this particular yarn label is in two different languages. Yeah. And then this this other one, the Cascade, also has the 30 degrees Celsius with the little hand going into the bucket. <laughs> so hand wash. <laughs> yeah. And I'm really bad at these. I don't know what all of the international have, symbols. Yeah, there's one on the mean. Cascade that's a little triangle with an an extra, which I assume means no ironing. There is a huge chart in the yarn store where I work. We have the chart, and I, I believe it's two pages of symbols. Well, that's not very helpful. So it's there's a lot of symbols to learn. Like anything else, I assume that probably 10% of the symbols are the ones that are used 90% of the time. Yeah. So I, I should probably 
be a little more aware and learn those ones that are used all the time. Well, there's one of those that's just a straight, that's just a straight horizontal line, line. and I what have no mean? idea what that means, but we'll have to look that up. Yeah, interesting. I, I'll put a link to uh, the to international the washing symbols chart idea. because it's a good thing to learn because you also see these on clothing. Right. Probably <laughs> on fabric, too. Yeah, yeah, probably. So it's probably a good thing just to know. And then in addition to the washing care, you should find a color name or number and a dye lot number. In this All case, the, this is the lovely color 2450. Very descriptive. <laughs> very descriptive. <laughs> very descriptive. And then the dye lot number. Always important if you think you might need more yarn. Although However, I always recommend just buying enough to begin with. <laughs> Dye lots don't apply to any kind of hand-dyed yarn. Yeah. Only commercial yarns will include a dye lot number. And that is so that you can match your yarn if you're using a particular color for, a, for example, a sweater. You want to make sure you have enough in that dye lot for your sweater. Because if you mix dye lots, there's a chance it's not going to be exactly the same color, which you may not notice until you've knit your sweater mm -hmm. and you're outside taking a picture in natural light. <laughs> and then you're going to see a line and think, what happened there? So if you are purchasing yarn that has a dye lot number, always check mm -hmm. and make sure you're getting all the same dye lot because that was a lesson I learned the hard way too yeah. because I didn't know. They all looked the same color. So I yeah. grabbed all, you know, however many skeins and then later realized wait, these don't look really the same. And if you've knit for any length of time, you may have come up against that dye lot issue when you find the perfect yarn for the perfect project and maybe the store is one skein short of that dye lot, but they have another dye lot. And sometimes you can work it out. Sometimes they're close. A lot of the larger commercial yarn companies, their dye lots are really similar. And sometimes even if it's not super close, you can figure out a way to make it work. So don't completely despair, but just be aware of it because every once in a while, something will be very different and you may not want to mix and match. And some of the smaller yarn dyers I've seen them put like dates yeah. or I know with, I think, is it Monos? I think maybe Monos now puts the dyer name on their skeins. Right. So sometimes you can figure out which ones, if they came in the same bag, it might be, those might be the closest that you can call a dye lot for a hand dyed yarn because there's not necessarily dye lots, strictly speaking, with hand-dyed yarn. No, Each skein is going to be a little bit different. Yeah. And, and you just have to accept that. Yeah, always keep that in mind with hand-dyed yarns, especially the skeins are not going to match identically most of the time. And that's just a feature of hand-dyed yarns. I mean, that's what yeah, makes it unique exactly, and beautiful. So exactly. oftentimes, if you don't buy all of that yarn at the same time, you're not going to find a good match later. But like Charlene said, you can do certain things like if there's a skein that's slightly darker than the others, maybe use that for the sleeves or use that for the ribbings yeah. or use it for the neck collar treatment or whatever. 
But going back to the lot number, the die lot number, if you are looking on someone's D stash and you're looking for a particular yarn that actually uses die lot numbers, that's a really good way if you're yeah. buying more quantity for yeah. a project. So if, for example, the local yarn store only had four skeins and you need six, you can go on Ravelry and mm -hmm. look look that yarn up and see if anybody else has the same dye lot. Yeah. So that's, that's what the right. Australians used to do on that radio that's show. That's amazing. Yeah. They would go on the radio show and say, okay, I need Cascade 220 Sport, color number 2450, dye lot number 6171. Pretty cool. So that's amazing. So that's what they did to, to bring it back to that subject. So hopefully you found that interesting. Most of you probably already knew a lot of that information, but you just never know. And the refresher is always handy. And I know we do have a lot of new lists, you know, fairly new to new knitting knitters. and crochet. Yeah. So this is all really good information. And I just want to encourage you, if you don't understand something on the yarn label, ask because... I will love, I work in a yarn store. I love to help people take charge of their own knitting. That's really what it's about. If you understand how to read a yarn label and start getting a handle on how to substitute yarns, you can really take charge of your own knitting and not be so dependent on having other people help you substitute or not be so dependent in, on just not knowing what to do. You won't have that feeling of the deer in the headlights walking into a yarn store not knowing where to start. And just like anything else, the better you get at reading your yarn label, the more information you have, the better a knitter you become. Yeah, you end up picking the right yarns for the right projects yeah. and you don't have yeah. as many fails and yeah it just makes More you an all-around better a good skilled knitter yeah and how do you learn if you don't ask questions right <laughs> and every time I've ever been in a yarn store everybody there has been so helpful and that's why they're working in a yarn store usually because they love to knit and they want to help you so don't ever be shy so if you have a question about yarn label or how to use information on a yarn label stay tuned for when we talk more about substitutions yeah and please ask in the thread for this episode this is episode 151 yeah and you can find the discussion thread on Ravelry in our group and also if you're considering a yarn right now for a project and you're unsure, go ahead and pop that question in mm -hmm. too. And we can actually use that as an example for the next episode. Yeah. And also everybody in the Ravelry group, the Yarniacs podcast Ravelry group is so incredibly helpful <laughs> and, so if friendly. You, and friendly. So if you yes. ever have a question, that's a really good place to ask it. If you don't have a local really yarn store, is. For example, yesterday I went into our local yarn store just to show everybody my swatch for the Comfort <laughs> Fade Cardi because I wasn't sure about the colors. Not everybody has that resource. awesome resource. I mean, it's five minutes away for me. That is an amazing resource for me, and I love it. Not everybody can do that. So right. if you can't, take a picture and put it in the Ravelry group. I mean, you'll get a lot of answers and they'll all be really helpful with suggestions that you probably never would have thought of yourself. Mm -hmm. So definitely take advantage of the 
wealth of knitting experience and knowledge that's readily available. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Okay. Done? I think we are. I think we're done. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. I, again, hope that anybody who's struggling with anything out there right now is finding comfort and solace in their knitting. And thank you for spending some of your day with us. We always really appreciate it. We really do. Happy Happy knitting, everyone. Bye. You can find our podcast on iTunes at Yarniacs Podcast. Visit our blog with show notes at yarniacs.com. We have a friendly and engaging Yarniacs Podcast Ravelry group. My Ravelry name is Knitter Ninja Shar. Gail's is Gaily Whaley. You can follow us on Twitter at Yarniacs or on Instagram at Yarniac and at Gaily Whaley.